This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Start the clock. You've got debate fever, that's what it is, isn't it? Did did you watch all four hours? How many watched all four? I thought so, nobody. Okay. I think I know what America's biggest problem is now, overcrowding. There was 20 liberals (laughs) on stage. Fox Fox News called it Comic-Con. But uh, the debates, of course, were held in Miami. So for an old Jew like uh, Bernie Sanders, it was a home game. (laughs) And, uh, oh, it started out strong. Bernie promised health care for everybody. And after what Kamala Harris did to uh, Joe Biden, Joe needed it. Uh, (laughs) Joe, uh, oh. (laughs) Joe definitely got his bell rung a little bit, didn't he? I mean... By the second hour, he was sniffing his own hair. That was very <laughs> Luckily, Marianne Williamson brought her... <laughs> brought her healing crystals. I, I just, it's, you know, it's always the last show before a vacation. I start to lose it, so help me along. But uh, I thought it was really uh, interesting that this was... I thought Joe's actually worst moment. Uh, they went around and they asked him, what would be your first act as president... And Biden said, to defeat Donald Trump. (laughs) Yeah, that's when the kids came on stage and took away his driver's license. (laughs) And look, first of all, I want to say... I always come out against ageism, but before I say, yo, you're hypocritical, you do old jokes. Yes, I do funny old jokes. (laughs) Because ageism does not mean everything old people does is okay. It means... Judge people individually by who they are and how they act. And I'm sorry, it's a case-by-case basis. Some people do look good at Joe's age. He didn't look good last night. He did look kind of old. And it works the other way. Swalwell looked too young. (laughs) He kept asking to pass the torch, pass the torch. He wouldn't stop bringing it up. Finally, Yang offered him $1,000 to shut the fuck up. (laughs) But, I mean... Honestly, the Democrats, so often their own worst enemy, still, you know, trying to get the Twitter mob instead of the 98% who could give a shit about Twitter. On the first night, Julian Castro won the woke Olympics on the first night. (laughs) 
when he said trans females should have the right to an abortion, I agree. <laughs> now, if only they had a uterus. <laughs> Try telling that in the red states. If a man identifies a woman, then we stand with her right not only to imagine that she's pregnant, but to terminate that pregnancy, which is not possible. No, really. Oh, they were going nuts that first night. They were trying to out-Spanish each other. Uh, and then, do you see de Blasio? I am the only person on this stage with a black son. It was like Billy Zane in Titanic. I have a black son. <laughs> he announced his new campaign slogan, Different Strokes. <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then they were asked to give the closing statement. You know, what's the most important thing to you? They all said their thing, and Marianne Williams had said, to beat Trump with love. And... Uh... <laughs> Putin tweeted in, he said, make sure to get it on tape. All right, we got a great show. <laughs> we got Max Brooks, Joy Reid, and Adam Gopnik. And here a little later on, we're speaking with my good friend Seth MacFarlane is backstage. But first up, she is the first female combat veteran running to be president of the United States and Hawaii's rep from the second congressional district there, Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi. Come on. <laughs> Is that an organic uprising for you? Did you yes. bring some people no, with you? No, come really? on. Okay, well, I love you and I love Hawaii. I thought you did quite well. Thank you. I, di I did. We're going to eliminate some people tonight, uh, and you're not one of them. Uh, we, I want you to stick around. No. Uh, what do you think of the debates in general? How did you think the party in general looked? Uh, look, I think it is, it's tough when you've got 60 seconds to say, well... How are you going to solve climate change? Yeah. How are you going to, uh, you know, deal with the, the national security threats that we face? How are you going to deal with this threat of nuclear war that we face? So, you know, I think the format is challenging, but I think all of this um, really comes down to who can best defeat Donald Trump. But, but that, those issues didn't come up a lot. That's I mean, the problem. It, it, yeah, right. <laughs> that is the problem. Right. Well, you know, if I was just... Uh, um, passing viewer yeah. who was like checking over the field, chopping my first look at a lot of these people I would have thought, well the Democrats really, 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 really care about illegal immigrants. They also care somewhat about health care and uh, energy and the environment mostly about how they affect illegal immigrants uh, <laughs> At one point last night, they were asked, or was it your night, to raise your hand if you think that illegal immigrants should get free health care. And they all raised their hand. And this was the New York Post headline today, Who Wants to Lose the Election? Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, well, look, I, I, I saw an interview that you did recently talking specifically about how the media is driving for profits and ratings and divisiveness rather than actually looking at what are the real issues that the American people are struggling with? How are we, as, as candidates running for president, seeking to solve those, those challenges? Um, but ultimately, I think what all of this comes down to is that ultimate question, is 
who is the best candidate to defeat Donald Trump. That's our objective in November of 2020. But the people on the stage, they seem to be playing to the Twitter, Roddy. Yeah. That 2%. One thing I like about you is having been to war, yeah. I feel like your attitude about the Twitter people is like, <laughs> I've been to war. So, like, I could give a shit what you people say about That's me. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and... It's true, though. I mean, this, this is really um, about leadership or the lack thereof. And we have too many politicians who, you know, put their finger up to the Twitter wind and see which way it's blowing. Right. And then respond or change their position or whatever the case may be, rather than actually leading, looking at these issues based on their merit, on their substance, saying, what is in the best interest of the American people? That, that's what I try to do. And, and honestly, people have a hard time figuring me out because I don't play those games. Right. I don't fit in those boxes that they set up. Right. And, it, I mean, politicians have always put their finger to the wind. That's okay to some point. You're supposed to represent, to a degree, the people who voted for you. But put your finger up to the 98%, yeah. <laughs> not the 2%. If you're going to put yeah. your finger in the wind, don't do it to the 2% wind, is my request. Okay. So what do you think of Putin? Uh, this all got buried because of the debates. Yeah. Trump is in Japan. He met with Putin. Loved it, of course. <laughs> his, his spirit animal. I mean, he was joking about the fact that Putin meddled in our election. Some reporter said, are you going to tell President Putin not to meddle in the election? He made a joke out of it. He made a joke out of the fact he said something about reporters, fake news. We have to deal with that. You're lucky in Russia. You don't. Which, you know, Putin has killed, by some accounts, over 20 journalists. So get it? Ha ha. I, I mean, this is just beyond the pale. Yeah. I mean, we have to take seriously the security of our elections uh, because of the vulnerabilities that exist still now that really have the ability to undermine our democracy. Um, there's a hacking conference that's held every year in Las Vegas where I think a 14 or 15-year-old girl from Florida hacked into a replica of yep. Florida's election system in less than 15 minutes. There are too many states in this country who still don't use any type of paper ballot or have any paper record of the votes that are cast. So when you think about whether it's a foreign country or a rogue actor or a high school student who's going in with the intent of manipulating the outcome of the votes that we cast, that is the true danger to our democracy and to our elections. I've introduced legislation called the Securing America's Elections Act that would very simply solve that. Make sure that there's either a paper ballot or if you're using a machine, have a voter-verified paper back up so that no matter what happens, no matter who tries to interfere in our elections, we have the ability to audit that and, and make sure that... Republicans wouldn't vote for it? That our, well, the problem is that whether it's Republicans in leadership or Democrats in leadership, they're talking about how much they care about the security of our elections, but they've failed to do anything about it. They've failed to pass my legislation or other people who've introduced similar pieces of legislation. It's, it's all talk. It's, it's not action. It's amazing to me how the Republicans can see a... a, a See a, a display like that of Trump with Putin. He's done this before, but you know, with the American flag pin. Yeah. I, I think you got to take that pin off if you're okay with that. Look, it, but, it, get, getting back to what our mission is, what our focus is, is putting the interests of the American people above all else. And that is the problem with Washington. Whether it's one party or the other party, 
they'll go after the other party yeah. while they turn a blind eye to the problems of yeah. their own rather than putting the people right, first. Yeah, I know. So one place where you're fairly similar to Trump is you're a non-interventionist. Yeah. I mean, you see this with Iran lately. He's, he's kind of torn. You know, part of him, of course, always wants to strike back. Yeah. Uh, but he has kind of staked his claim, foreign affairs-wise, on being the guy who does not want us to get into more wars, more regime, regime change wars. Yeah. You're on that same page. He talked a lot about that in his 2016 yeah. campaign. Uh, but through his administration and through his presidency, we've seen something very different. I think that's why a lot of folks who voted for him are, they feel very betrayed. Uh, why? You mentioned what wars Iran. has he got his You, you mentioned Iran. He yeah. says he doesn't want to go to war with Iran, but if you look at the actions that he and his administration have taken, and maybe he's not aware of it, maybe these guys are doing it on their own, John Bolton, yeah. Mike Pompeo, and others, but every single decision that they have made towards Iran is laying the groundwork for an yeah, eventual war. But we're not there yet. And he could have done it last week when they shot down the drone. And he said something which I think if Obama had said it, we would have liked. Which was, hey, we don't know who, who made that order. That's what Kennedy said in the yeah. Cuban no, Missile no, Crisis. That's right. if, Let's if, not be if rash. If Trump really doesn't want to go to war with Iran, he's got to swallow his pride and get back into the Iran nuclear deal. Swallow his pride? That's not going to happen. No, because if, if he doesn't, I mean, if he okay. doesn't, John Bolton and Mike Pompeo yeah. and others, I mean, they have, they have literally laid the dynamite and I lit know, the fuse. I know, but one thing about him, he's the boss. Yeah. You know, he doesn't care what other people say. Okay. So where are you on impeachment? Uh, impeachment is not going to get rid of Donald Trump. No? We've got to understand that first. Probably. Uh, it's realistically, it's so not. So you're, against, you're it's, a no it's not, on that yet. No, because I think it's important that the American people are the ones who decisively defeat Donald Trump in 2020. Okay. That's the debate in your party. Yeah. Good luck with the campaign. I'm glad you're out there. Thank you. Tulsa Gabbard. Thank you. Okay, let's meet our panel. Okay. All right, here they are. He is a non-resident fellow at the Modern War Institute at West Point and author of the new graphic novel, Germ Warfare, a graphic history, Max Brooks. Max. He's a staff writer for The New Yorker and author of A Thousand Small Sanities, The Moral Adventure of Liberalism, Adam Gopnik. Adam. And she is the host of MSNBC's AM Joy and author of The Man Who Sold America, Trump and the Tr Unraveling of the American Story. Joy Reid, back with us. Great to have you. Okay. So, uh, look, there's, there's too many people in this race, <laughs> right? So we saw them last night yep. and the night before. I think tonight uh, I'll give you veto rights, but I'm going to get rid of ten of them right now. Is that okay? Can we just <laughs> feel... Okay. And if you disagree, just say, but okay, this guy, Hickenlooper, nice guy. No, get out. Okay. <laughs> Nice guy, get the fuck out. Okay, uh, this is uh, Michael Bennett. You know, if you Google Michael Bennett, the first five that come up aren't even this guy. <laughs> Name Michael Bennett. Get the fuck out. Okay. Uh, oh, Vice Principal Delaney. Nice guy again. Another year. Get out. Uh, Tim Ryan. Uh, I think he said one good thing. No. Uh, I like him. Uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. Al Franken says hello. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Swalwell, I like him, but, you know, too young. Looked like he was wearing a toupee last night. Get the fuck out. Marianne Williamson. I, wait, wait, wait. I, wait. We need no. to get... No. She was never supposed to be there. Who? Uh, 
That, that, the crazy Williams. hippie lady. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that there were too many Democrats. She snuck through security. She got herself on stage. And Rachel Maddow okay. was just too overwhelmed and didn't notice. Okay. Uh, she said a great thing about health care that I'm going to try to read after the show. I mean, during the show. But uh, Andrew Yang, really smart guy. Wrong business. <laughs> You're in the wrong business. Beto, I like Beto a uh, lot. Uh, I talked to him for a... You want you, Pastor Beto. You want you want him still in? Well, Should I? My, he reminds my daughter of a youth pastor. So I feel badly. You can have the picture. Okay, but he, but he's, not, he's not he's not doing good. He, he's not looking it's good. Not going it, come, well. It's not going it's well. It's not going well. And this no. guy oh. starts spreading the news. Okay. <laughs> You're leaving today. Okay. All right. So now we got it down to ten, right? Okay. 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 So. We are, uh, we are off till August 2nd, and uh, so this is our cliffhanger episode <laughs> where you'll come back in a month and see if Joe Biden has survived. <laughs> what are your debate takeaways? So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that you did that uh, the way you did, Bill, because I do think <laughs> of this kind of like either Survivor or The Bachelorette. Right? So the idea is there are 20 people, they want to all get a rose. So your strategy has to be either eliminate someone else so that they don't get a rose, right? <laughs> be the nice person nobody attacks so that you can remain and go on to the next right. round, right? Or yeah, be the villain like Omarosa was on The Apprentice, then you right. go to the end because the producers won't let you be cut, right? So everybody it's, went in, and most people didn't think about that. It's not Leonardo, a serious country. It's, well, unfortunately, Trump right. is president, right? The reality show but, is the reality. Yeah, but, he, but this yeah. proves it's not just him. Yeah, but this is the Democrats. The They're country. doing it. They yes. set it up like oh, this. They could have set me, it up the, more seriously. The whole thing, Bill, had the quality of a totally surreal charade. Because there we get the perky debate music and that big image of the White House as though George Washington were still living in it. And it's as though nobody wants to pay attention to the reality that the guy who was actually in it is an overt enemy of liberal democracy. Yeah. It's a guy who every day does something to attack not just the norms or the premises of liberal democracy, who's playing a scene out of Goodfellas with Vladimir Putin uh, at the same time. We are living in the midst of a national emergency, and what we see in the Democratic debate is argument about your how much private health yeah. insurance are you going to take away yeah. versus what percentage you're going to take away. I think also, right. yeah, I think well, and also, this was I thought this was a great debate for the presidency of Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the same thing. I'm going to take away your guns. <laughs> I'm going to raise taxes on the middle class. You right. don't need to pick right. your doctor. I mean, they should just dub it. But if you're to take your guns, <laughs> what country so, do you think you're uh, running yes, in? Could, could one candidate have said before they, they tried to outdo each other and how much they love... Uh, and we're all compassionate. This is the compassionate party. You got that vote. Yeah. Could one of them have said, you know, Trump always says we're for open borders. We're not. not. First thing we'd like to establish is that we're for secure borders. And then go into your compassionate right. well, but the same no, thing but is... I think before you even do that, we have to do what you're talking yeah. about. Because I agree with you that the problem that we're having, and I think the Democratic Party's having it writ large, not just in this debate, they're not taking seriously the threat that this president yes. presents it, to democracy. Exactly. They're yes. debating as if Jeb Bush is the... Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. issue Republican. Issue Republican and the worst of that is, Joy, too, is it renormalizes Trump. It because does. by treating no. him that way, it makes him seem more normal. And the other horrible thing that they're doing is that they're giving hostages to Trump. Uh, for instance, on, on immigration, yes, but also on health care. You know, in every one of those wonderful universal Medicare systems, and, you know, 
I feel very personally about this, as they all, as they all like to say. Everything is so personal. Well, well, I feel very people. personally about this because I was raised in Canada with universal health care, mm. lived for many years in France with a wonderful system, and every one of those systems has a strong mm. private component to it. Private insurance goes along with public insurance. That's all you have to say. But, of course we're going to keep private insurance going. You talked about immigration. Right. This is not a standard immigration debate. Right. What we have now is a debate over whether or not the United States is operating concentration camps at our border. Right. We have an almost Geneva Convention level threat to people's lives. What, six children have died at the border? We're throwing kids in cages. We're putting up military tents. This is not normal People immigration People died when policy. Obama was president in the same, place, same situation. But he didn't have this policy. This policy of taking well, mothers from okay. their kids, this idea that yes, we're going to set course. up camps Again, at the border. Again, we all agree. This is Trump. We, all agree we need to debate that on the level that it is. I, I, as serious I, as it is. I agree, but, Joy, but there are a thousand, to coin a phrase, a thousand small sanities between accepting the bigotry and brutality of Trump and simply seeming to suggest that we can... that. We can have open borders, which is a total uh, another hostage we're giving to Democrat Trump. Yes. Said that. No, uh, but it's well, always about this one thing. Right. Should we call it concentration camps, right. or should we call it something less? And really, most of the debate should be over here in another bigger area. But and can, and can we also point out, right. in, a, in a culture where everybody gets offended about everything? Yes. Jew, half Jew, half Jew. We got two Jews. <laughs> Anybody here offended by using concentration camp? A little bit. A little bit? Little bit okay, yeah. a little enough to completely walk away and throw everything out the window? No, no, of no, no, no analogy but, is ever perfect. No analogy no. runs right. on all fours. So but stop if but what's no, happening right, at right. the border, we know what it is. Right. We see what it is. It's horrific. It is it is it makes us look like the kind of country we used to send monitors, monitors to. to. Right. And, but absolutely I, joy. The problem is is that those things are so horrific, and this returns to my original point, that if we try to treat them as though they're normal political issues, we, should, we, should, we yeah. normalize Trumpism. Can, can and I that's show you this? This do. is from 2016. This is Trump talking about, well, just watch. Our inner cities, African-Americans, Hispanics, are living in hell because it's so dangerous. You walk down the street, you get shot. All right, now remember, all the liberals going nuts about this. It was so unfair. It was so wrong. Here's Cory Booker Wednesday night. I hear gunshots in my neighborhood. I think I'm the only one, I hope I'm the only one on this panel here that had seven people shot in their neighborhood just last week. Yeah, but the difference is Cory Booker doesn't believe any country run by a black person is a shithole that is ungovernable. Yeah. Right? Donald Trump... Well, 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 you're changing the subject. No, but where, I'm saying that the difference when Trump is where said it's it, coming from. It's, different, it's where it's coming from. Donald Trump is also the guy, his own lawyer said but, drives through black neighborhoods saying these people no, don't but, know yeah, how to live. We, his attitude toward African Americans is important here. Cory Booker is not hostile to the African American community. I don't no, think no, anybody... No, 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 just that, Biden. But, that, but that's... <laughs> that's what he's hostile. That really misses the point. Again, again, you can take urban violence is a serious problem without turning it into a plague of horror right. that um, is inf afflicted on us, which is especially afflicted on it, white people. It sounded to me like they said very similar things, but we hated one because he was on one team and liked one because he was on the other. They said similar things the in, totally, in totally different, different contexts context. with totally different histories. There's That's also a larger that global picture. There's a larger historical picture here, which is if you don't, if the moderates do not address legitimate concerns, yes. legitimate problems, right. the radicals Correct. will do this. You saw this in Germany, the Soviet Union, Afghanistan, yep. Vietnam. Anytime there's a legitimate concern, if we don't get in there and solve the problems instead of ignoring it, 
the radicals will hijack those problems, and that will make it their What's banner issue. What's the legitimate issue. concern? The legitimate well, concern is, okay, there's been illegal immigration since I was a kid. Okay, right, so, now, so what do we do? What's the legitimate concern? The legitimate concern is people think that their jobs are being taken so away. it's not necessarily a legitimate or, concern. It's a perception well, among it's some a perception. people so, okay. that these brown people are a We need to, to dig but, in but, but, uh, and figure out why are the jobs going away. It's but, not because illegal. I don't know anybody that I grew up with in high school who put strawberry picker as their main goal. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody said, wow, I'd love to wash dishes for the rest of my life. And yet the perception is they're taking our jobs. Right, but also, Joy's point, which I think is a reasonable one, is the perception is false. Right. Nonetheless, the percep perception persists. That's what politics is there to do. And, it's and there Donald to... Trump is right. stoking the perception right. in order to use it to whip up demagoguery. Yeah. Donald Trump is not a right. typical American president. But the real concern... He's using racial yeah. panic well, because in the, order yeah, to stay The real concern is that okay. globalization has destroyed millions of lives. Not about immigration. But you can be but, concerned but about immigration and not be someone who was just motivated by racial panic. Right. And I think they get offended when right. people say that to them. Like, you're only offended, you're only motivated by this one thing. Whereas, yeah. look, That's there right. are so many people from these three South American countries who are seeking asylum. Now, Fareed Zakaria wrote today about the fact that asylum... Is taking, that, is eating up the immigration system. In this, this right, and it's defined... But, but why? Because but, Donald Trump has broken okay, the asylum this system. Is, he, stopped, uh, he stopped acceding to cultural, I mean, to international norms. Donald Trump broke the asylum system. There's nothing there's no wrong question. with it until he decided there, to screw it up. There's no question yes. about that. The, that returns to this central point, and that is that Donald Trump has so perverted the basics of American democracy that it makes it only possible to think that you're identifying with a brutal bigot when you take a, when you take a, a more cautious attitude yeah. towards immigration. That's why the only thing that matters is defeating Donald Trump and why it is so catastrophic when Democrats, instead of focusing with all the sobriety and coalition building that's essential to this mo moment, in order to defeat Donald Trump, get involved in these absurd squabbles back and forth between each and other I think about we, I tiny think, notes of yeah, discourse. And so I on. agree. And I think what we need to do is reform the two-party system. No more Democrats and Republicans. It's got to be moderates and whack jobs. <laughs> and we need to give right. knee-jerk liberals and batshit conservative sporks let them stab each other's eyes out while we <laughs> pave the roads, fix the schools, end the wars, and get the lead out of the goddamn water. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Time for... <laughs> yes. Uh, every time we uh, take our little summer break or our winter break, when we're off for a month, so many people depend on us for getting the news. They shouldn't, but they do, and I love them for it. Uh, we do future headlines, so if you get your own news only from this show, we will tell you what the news is going to be this is these are the future headlines for the month of July that you will see. Uh, Don Jr. to launch luggage line called Douchebags. <laughs> Utah legalizes eye contact during sex. <laughs> teen texting while driving runs over teen texting while crossing street. Neither notices. Uh, Vatican porn scandal. Two popes, one cup. <laughs> Thank you. Taco Bell unveils own version of Impossible Burger, unlikely burrito. NASCAR officials admit even they can't tell which car is winning. <laughs> And Trump denies raping the environment. Earth not my type. All right, let's bring out Seth. He is the ultimate 
multi-hyphenate. <laughs> He's the best voice actor we've ever really had on television or movies in America. He's also, what does he do? He's a director. He's an actor. He's a producer. He's, he's a singer. He's a, only ballerina is the only area of show business he has not yet. Oscar host. He stars in the new show. Well, he's on the new sh uh, Showtime. I can say that. Wow. Miniseries, the loudest voice. They never used to let me say that. You must have a lot of pull. And his latest album is Once in a While. Seth MacFarlane, everybody. Seth Come on, get dressed. The show's soon. <laughs> uh, first of all, you're doing more Orville's? Yes, we are. Oh, good. Yes, I, love, I love the Orville. Oh, look so at kind. all your fans. Thank you. Thank I need you. a show like the Orville. I really do. You did remember you? when I made you do Captain Kirk impression? Oh, like yes. The first time oh, yes. you were on it. Yep, yep. I knew that was I was coming. there. Anyway, okay, so that's good. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the debate format because yes. we were tweeting last night, I mean, yes. texting to each other, and also... I retweeted you. I've, I, amazing, we were thinking the same thing a couple of times. First of all, the audience. Why the do you need an audience? The audience has to fucking go and, like, now. Right. It's the worst. It's, it's a it's, bad. It's, it's a bad for a million reasons. Yeah. First of all, it's, you know, the number of candidates in this, in this particular situation is obviously through the roof. So uh, every second counts. And when you have to, you know, I, I have a wonderful acting coach named Aaron, McPher Aaron McPherson, I'll call him out, who said that there was a time when not everything got a standing ovation. Right. And now every show you go to, everything gets a standing ovation all the time. Did you stand when Seth came out? <laughs> yeah, I, I really think you should, you know. Uh, yeah, but, no, I know. But, it's, but every single, you know, tagline gets this, woo! Well, because, they, well, they set it up. And it starts a, to eat up time. Well, I, I don't think this reason. can be a serious country until yeah. we make the media, the news media, yeah. the, a loss leader again. Like they used to be, where they didn't yeah. have to make a profit. Yeah. Because I don't know who set this up, and I love MSNBC, <laughs> well, I but it, or I, the DM. DNC. They could have stopped the DNC. They could have. They could have set it up in a much more mature way. They yeah. like this Thunderdome. Like, wh what's this thing where? How do you break in? Just start talking. Right, right. There's but no rules. Just interrupt and be louder than the next yeah. guy if you're talking over it three affects, other people. Who quits first? Game of chicken. <laughs> this is not the way to pick a president. No, no. And, and the, it, it, it turns the candidates into a sideshow. Right. Everybody's grandstanding. Oh. Everybody's putting on a show for the audience. And the Such audience at home is not invited to think for themselves. No. Because they feel like they're watching Mike and Molly. And all these... <laughs> and they are. All these humble brags about, you know, my everything is personal. Like, is everything is a personal thing, yeah, yeah. and everything has to build into this anger yeah. thing uh, and outdoing virtually everybody else. You think you don't like kids in cages? I don't <laughs> like it even more than this guy doesn't. I, 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 I gotta say, and I, I loved, I, I warmed up to uh, to Kamala hugely last night. I thought she did fantastic, um, but the one. But the one candidate who seemed immune to that was Buttigieg. Yeah. He was the one candidate who, who seemed like he was... If the audience, whether the audience was there or not, you would have gotten the same performance. Yes, I think that's true. And I, we both had that same feeling, that Pete could be the guy. Uh, he, he, to me, and again, this is so interesting about age. You can be old and dumb. And you, yeah. he was the youngest one on the stage, and I thought he looked the most mature. He looked the most real. 
Yeah. He looked yeah. like he didn't have to think. You know, he's the smartest kid in the class. I, I, he didn't have to. And we're not just saying that because we're gay. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. <laughs> you, said, you said you wanted to wait. <laughs> Did my balls well, taste funny? Here, we might have <laughs> <laughs> No, no, well, no, but we, he is like the smartest guy in the if, class. If every time, and, you know, all, the only thing I ever wanted out of politics was for the president to be smarter than me. Right. That's really right. what I want. Yes. You know, Buttigieg is smart, but he also, I thought the single most impressive moment was when, some, was when he was asked about his relationships with the police department, and he said, because I couldn't do it. The couldn't reason it was a I problem. I didn't get it done. I didn't get it done. Can, right. can he, owned it, he owned it. He owned completely. it. And, and he was very eloquent. You know, Buttigieg obviously is a very smart guy, very right. eloquent. The challenge he's going to have is that the road to the Democratic nomination yes. goes through black voters. Yes. Right. And I was in the room with two African American men mm -hmm. watching. And as he's saying that, both almost simultaneously said, "Then why didn't you fire the police chief? You right. fired the black chief." Right. The challenge for Buttigieg is mm -hmm. that. Most of the other people who are asking to be president are coming from a position of legislative power. He's already got executive power, and he needs to have demonstrated that he used executive power in a way that was helpful to the 40-something percent of African Americans in his city. And he could use an endorser, somebody from his community who said, yes, this guy was on our side. His challenge is that for all his eloquence, he's not moving the black community because they're saying, wait a minute, when the so first police this... chief thing happened, you fired the black chief. Mm -hmm. When the second <clears throat> thing happened, what are you using your power for? I think that's the challenge. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'd never... I'd, I'd never normally recommend a book that is written by a, a candidate running for president, but I actually read his, his book, book his and book, I was... I was it's a real you, book. It was very enlightening. Um, what was it? Shortest Way Home, it's called. It was very... In, that, it, it, it was very informative as far as that issue. Then most Americans aren't going to read it. They're yeah, just going to well, look at... So what is it? Read the fucking book. What does it say? It's so dicey and so complex... And I'm certainly not going to summarize it in the age of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, right. But it is. But it is. You know, it's. It's. I, I'm reading this, and I'm like, holy shit. But what shit, if, what like if this, this creates? Not, how the hell would I handle this? And I right. can't answer it. I mean, what if this creates the ultimate wedge in the Democratic Party? Yeah. What if the Brentwood crowd is all because Pete does crazy good with yes, what the right. the upper yeah, educated, educated at white, white, white though yes. the rosé well, people. His, look, that's his political Thanks. challenge. I, I mean. I have a strong liking for Pete Buttigieg because I have a certain class interest in short, overeducated, um, articulate <laughs> little people, right, uh, doing well in the world. <laughs> so I, I naturally am drawn to him. But that's what a great politician has to do. He got over the hurdle last night. And exactly like Obama in 2008, when Obama was, was faced with the Reverend Wright issue, and he rose to that challenge in the opposite direction, so to speak, uh, Buttigieg is going to have to do that. He's going to gonna have, have to prove, right, because prove he, to the African American you can't, community. If you, if you collapse in South Carolina, yeah. you will not be the no, nominee. But can, can I, that's his challenge. Can I read what Tim Ryan, who we threw out already? Well, so yeah. sorry, yeah. Tim, but I but I thought he made a point the first night, which got lost, which is something I kind of say a lot. I call the toxic D. Why is the D next to your name in about half the states in this country yeah. just complete poison? And he said we have a perception problem with the Democratic Party. We are not collect, connecting to the working class people in the states I represent. Is that like Ohio? We've lost all connection. We have to change the center of gravity for being coastal and elitist and Ivy League, which is the perception to be somebody, these forgotten communities, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a, that is a meme that, that he's saying that the data doesn't support. I mean, I, I, I literally sat and just read really? the data. 
data from the 2016 election. And to the extent that white voters were, were, were economically anxious, it produced one of two things. No vote at all, because poor people don't vote no. of any race, or a vote for Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump's voters were well, more affluent said working than any class. of the... Right, working we, class. It, we, I do think it's... We put it on the white, the, broke people when they're not the ones the who elected Donald Trump. It is Trump. perceived that liberals, right, in a, in a bar fight, when everyone is throwing bourbon bottles, that we the liberals are trying to start a tasting of artisanal bourbon, right? <laughs> right in the middle of it. And that is a perception... Have you been in a bar fight? <laughs> I... I no, no, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not to, that, that is a perception yeah. that we do ha have and that we have to work against. But Joy said what, something yeah. amazing on MSNBC last night. Right. She said... She was doing my show. Yeah. I heard it. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, girl. That. I like that. Very, come on. She said African-American <laughs> voters tend to vote with their heads and not with their hearts. They're very practical. They're very... Tough and... Strategic. And, now, yes. Joy, would you be offended if we culturally appropriated that <laughs> for white for voters? Would it be all right? Maybe you could teach a class? I don't know, but... In pragmatic voting. But Actually, there is this sense of like, oh, I need to be inspired. I need to vote no. with my... African-Americans no. don't need that. They need to know who right. to win because the stakes for African-Americans are so much higher. Right. So the stakes are usually put on the president. So what happens... That's why they're win. still That's with it. Biden. They, they think he can win. They think, right. give us a, well, a white guy who well, wait, Trump. Do you, do you they think, think even Biden. after last night? Older African-Americans are sticking with Biden for two reasons. Nostalgia, he's Obama's guy. And number two, there really is a perception that because Trump is president, that this country is not where, it, it, where we thought it was in mm -hmm. terms of its maturity racially. Yeah. And so they're like, give us the white guy who can beat Trump. Tall, and tall so, white guy. Right. And so a lot of older African-Americans right. are sticking with him but it despite did, but what last happened. Night is, but younger African-Americans Is he still that Yeah, that's it. Is he still that guy? If he cannot overcome Kamala Harris, who is right. his friend, right. what is he going to do against Donald Trump? That's right. his challenge. He's got to do better than he did last yeah. night. Yeah. Or but not as so worse, very, yeah. very So you think... There's and, and the ageism attack, this whole thing when Swallow was saying, you're old, you're old, you're old. Right. Wait a minute. We're up against Trump. I don't care if he's old. I don't care if he died last year. Drop <laughs> <laughs> him up. Put a pussy hat on him. Yay! Like El Cid in yes. the movie. The thing about yes. that, that's, that, that, it's, that, is, that is troubling is that I, you know, I, I work in film. We work, you know, 13, 14-hour days. I'm 45. By the end of those days, I'm fucking wrecked. I have nothing left. And that's, that's a job that's, about, that's a fraction as stressful and as taxing as president of the United States. I, I, that is a concern. I do worry that... But you drink during the day. <laughs> well, right. can, can I just say that one thing that Kamala Harris did do, and she distinguished herself last night as the one person who I thought was showing me what a debate with Donald Trump would look like. Yes. What it would yes. look like yes. for yes. her totally. to go head-to-head with Trump. She showed me that, and I think that's why a lot of people are gravitating. Especially, I mean, younger African-Americans would like to have that hope again. I think she gave people that hope that she could be the one she that showed could with Bill Trump. Barr already. She showed that she has those kinds of skills. She, she, yeah. she the, would prosecute yeah. Trump. But the difference is, the key difference in voters are, no matter who is the Republican candidate, at the end of the day, they will get behind him. Because they, they know, right. no right. matter who he right. is, he will do something more for them than the other side. Our side will say, we well, you know, I'm just not inspired. I'm just going to, I'm going to mm -hmm. stay home. Yeah. If that doesn't change, it doesn't matter who gets the nomination. If we don't all come together, we're dead. It's, I but, remember being at oh. a... <laughs> I remember being at a Halloween party during the last election, literally dressed oh, as Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> yelling at a celebrity who I will not name about Hillary Clinton and the Supreme Court and why it was important to get behind her. Right. And, and, okay, and that was your party and you were yelling at me. <laughs>
Um, That's why Democrats have to define and articulate the scale of the national emergency and then build the largest possible coalition. And remember who we're up against. I will get... If if that crazy hippie crystal lady gets the nomination, I I will campaign for her. Can I read something? But she said... All the love that she needs to get that monster out of the Oval Office. Can I read what what she said? Because, I I mean, she's not crazy. I know she is a hippie lady and she's not going to be president. We already threw her out. But (laughs) I... For me, who has been saying this exact same thing on television for a very long time, it was very gratifying to hear somebody say, we don't have a health care system in the United States. We have a sick care system. What we need to talk about is why so many Americans have unnecessary chronic illnesses, so many more compared to other countries. And then she mentioned big pharma, insurance companies. She said it has to do with chemical lobbies, environmental policies, food policies, drug policies. And I'll give you one more that she's even too much of a politician to say the people of America don't lift a finger to help with health care. Right. They make horrible choices. They eat constantly. And we never ask them. We have this giant health care problem and giant health care bill. We never ask them to participate in the solution. And and by the way, though, when Michelle Obama tried to grow a garden and tell kids to have healthy lunches, you would have thought that she bombed, you know, a major American city. (laughs) But people acted like... Sarah Palin acted that way. But you know who's also up in arms about this? The U.S. military. Because this is true. Three-quarters of... Draft age Americans, if we really had to go to war, right. are too fat or too sick or to on, fight. Or drugs. And yes. that's true. This is this is a true statistic. And a, an army general actually said this. He said six months of basic training is not going to undo a lifetime of bad nutrition. This is a national security <laughs> you know, issue. It, it the it problem, is. again, comes, comes back right... Michelle put that organic garden in, and one of the first things Trump did was to Take dig it, it up. To dig right. it up. Dig right. Why did he oh, yeah. do it? Because yeah. oh, fuck it's, those carrots. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's a symbol. Of, <laughs> it's a nihilistic act. Because we're so tribal. To, yeah, right, it's exactly. tribalism. Intent yeah. to offend. Okay. And, and so much that's and that why Trump ways. serves fast yes. food. Oh, yeah. it's, no, he, it's he, a nihilistic act. He knows that climate change is real. Other, yes. right. He just knows that we want it gone. Gone. Right. And he would rather. That's what it is. He would rather expire from the heat. Then give us the satisfaction. Then that should be our idea. Right. We should Which, all embrace you know, Russia. Crossed. Then he'll yeah. turn against it. Right. If yes. we all are pro-Russians, right. then he'll so, be like, ah, fuck. All right. Yeah. So something happened yesterday that is so much more important than everything we have talked about which is a little weird. We should probably be better citizens, but, you know, we are an entertainment show. Gerrymandering is boring. Oh, God. But yes. the Supreme Court ruled on it, and that is going to have far-reaching Absolutely. effects. Absolutely. Absolutely. This debate will be forgotten in a week. Yeah. Yep. But the Supreme Court, John Roberts, now the swing vote, yep. five to four. This is God. Brett Kavanaugh being on that court and the other guy who stole well, Merrick Garland's yep. spot being on that court. Yep. And gerrymandering, we all know what gerrymandering yep. is. This was the Supreme Court's opportunity to get in there and do something to save what we have left of a democracy, and they decline. None of our business elections. Robert's same way with the Voting Rights Act, same way with uh, Citizens United. Like, we don't get involved in elections. This country can go to shit. That's not... And by the way, John Roberts has been an opponent of the Voting Rights Act since he was in the Reagan administration. He's not the incidental side swing vote from Kennedy. He's actually an active participant in this. This is engineering minority rule. The idea here is that they're pretending it's partisan gerrymandering. It's just a euphemism for racial gerrymandering. It's taking everybody black in Mississippi and putting them in Benny Thompson's district. And one black congressman, every black person in Mississippi. Mississippi's 33%. Democrats do it, too. But it's... 
it's on it's nothing like the same nothing scale. Like nothing the, on no. the same, same scale. scale and if moment. we lose the Supreme Court, if we have another four years of Trump, oh. forget it. They'll have we'll a never get that. Two crucial points here, too, though. It's another 5-4 decision. Crucial Supreme Court decisions were never in the past narrowly 5-4 right. decisions. It reveals that the court no longer has anything approaching real constitutional scrutiny. It's a straight-up and down partisan vote. Absolutely. And Elena Kagan's dissent on it was eloquent, and she mm. asked the crucial question. She said, is this anybody's idea of what democracy is supposed to right. be? But it remains a respectful dissent. At what point does the degree of iniquity force the liberal justices on the court to say, this is intolerable. This is or nakedly... Or force the Democrats to listen to Pete yes. Buttigieg and say, maybe we need to add some add more members more mis- or that rotate That's not an obscenity out. or no. craziness. That's a necessary But also, just amendment. so folks understand why right. gerrymandering is so bad, because when you're in a safe district like that, when your district is gerrymandered, so you cannot lose, there is no incentive to work with the other side. You can only be primaried from the fringe of your party. Right. That's one reason why they don't go against Trump. That's they can right. only be primaried from the right. Yep. Okay. Final question. We have two minutes left. It is the 10th anniversary of Michael Jackson's passing. You still play his music? This is a tough one. I, I, I saw the documentary um, that talked about these right. the two, two boys, men, right. and it was devastating. I had to watch it kind of in two settings. Did you watch the Oprah that. after show? I, I couldn't watch anymore. Um, it's difficult because I grew up with Michael Jackson. You know, it's, I mean, he's something that's so much a part. It's not everybody did, to... even people who didn't grow up with him, grew right. up with him. Yeah, I mean, he was so he, much he... Of the Whiz, my favorite film yeah. of all sure. time. Um, <laughs> Michael Jackson's music. It's very. This is a tough one. I. Was never <laughs> it's a compelling so, documentary. So I was pass. never a huge Michael yeah, Jackson pass. fan. But, but anybody who but knows what? anything about cultural history knows that there is simply no connection between the personal qualities of right. a human being and yeah. the quality of their art. Charles Dickens, the most wonderful storyteller in the history of the English language, treated his wife with a brutality that just makes you shiver to think about. And he was the warmest. There simply is no it's connection also between how those two things. how recent it is, too. I mean, yeah. it's like, it, yes. it's, you can read Dickens, but it's a lot harder well, to Well, you know, I Cosby worship show. Frank Sinatra. And I think Frank <laughs> Sinatra was the greatest uh, performing artist of all, of all time. And Frank Sinatra did things that were so brutal to people that, again, you shudder to read about Yeah, but there was no Twitter. There was no Twitter. But people knew, and we know now. The more important point, Seth, is we know now, but, but we still... Are able to I guess you to look the other way with that particular yeah, that, that, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't talk about Frank Sinatra. <laughs> but why can't we do both? Why can't we acknowledge with one part of our brain yeah. that he, the person, whoever it was, was a, Charlie Chaplin did horrible things too, probably, I think, with young girls and yes. stuff like that, and we can enjoy their art. I mean, I am going to keep playing Michael Jackson. That's because what... his music... <laughs> His that's music people do. didn't do things with little boys. But that's what grown-up people do. They make that decision that's, all the time. Thank you. What grown-up people do. Right. Have two thoughts in their mind at the same time. Because if you go down this road, I'm, I've said this word, you go down this road of putting out everybody, especially in the music industry, who did something freaky, you will wind up with polka music. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. You don't want to know about Lawrence Welk. <laughs> no. And the captain and Tennille. That That is yeah. all it is. All right. Thank you, panel. It's time for New Rules. Okay. New Rule. Now that the Justice Department is alleging that Representative Duncan Hunter used campaign funds to pay for his affair with a lobbyist and his affair with a woman in his office and his affair with a woman who worked for a con- congressman and his affair with another lobbyist and then another lobbyist, He has to admit he has a type. (laughs) And that type is anyone not my wife. (laughs) 
Also, Representative Duncan Hunter has to tell me, before our interview, you washed your hands, right? No. <laughs> Near all those CAPTCHA codes on websites have to stop making me feel like I took the bad acid. <laughs> Especially when I did take some bad acid. Because then you send me to the other screen where it asks, are you a robot? And I spend the next 30 minutes thinking, whoa, maybe I am a robot. <laughs> New rule, when people ask why there's so many homeless in Los Angeles, show them this million-dollar listing. Let your imagination run wild, says the ad. More like let your imagination pitch a tent under the freeway. It's perfect for your dream home. Yeah, if your dream is to make crystal meth for MS-13. New rule, we don't have to put politics in every movie. Toy Story 4 has a new character, Forky, the spoon that wants to go in the trash. Now, you can say it's just a message about recycling, but we've seen that pissed-off expression before. (laughs) (laughs) Neural Spencer Gifts has to explain why they think it's appropriate to sell both Rugrats jigsaw puzzles and remote control vibrating panties. <laughs> Jeez, half the store is Toys R Us and the other half is Toys in Us. <laughs> and finally, new rules. Stop telling me every time you find evidence there might be life on Mars. Until the rover pans to the left and there are little green men doing duck lips, I don't care. <laughs> Mars is back in the news because methane was found up there by NASA's robot called the Curiosity Rover, which sounds like your (laughs) Tinder profile if you only do anal out of town. (laughs) And now with the 50th anniversary of America's first man on the moon moment approaching on July 20th, there's lots of talk about space forces and manned missions and going back to the moon and on to Mars and... Please, have you flown coach lately? (laughs) We can barely put a man on the surface of LAX. (laughs) I don't know if Mars is full of methane, but we're full of shit. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. Mike Pence said the stated policy of the Trump administration is to walk on the moon again by 2024 by any means necessary. He he really used that phrase. (laughs) Now, applaud, you people. Applaud if you believe that's actually going to happen by 2020. Well, to everyone who applauded, I have some Avenatti 2020 T-shirts I am letting go for a very reasonable price. Folks, really, America can't maintain our infrastructure, can't update our power grid, we can't get off oil, can't even secure our elections. And we're going to fly 35 million miles to Mars? Have you looked at our math scores? (laughs) Forget the launch. We couldn't even do the countdown. (laughs) You want to find water on Mars? How about first we find water in Flint, Michigan? (laughs) I'm sorry, but we're not the we'll race you to the moon country anymore. 
We're the I've fallen and I can't get up country. <laughs> and as far as this argument goes that we got to get back to the moon to use as a launching pad to get to Mars, where we really got to go, because we're trashing this place so bad, we need a backup planet. Here's an idea. Instead of going to Mars, how about we just stop treating Earth the way Led Zeppelin treated hotel rooms? <laughs> this is, uh... This is something I addressed in an editorial here a couple of years ago, that if we're going to spend the time, effort, and money to make an entire planet sustainable for human life, why not the one that already has air and water and the right temperature and, oh, yeah, we're here? Well, this position... This position was deemed completely unacceptable by a number of experts who live in their mother's basement. (laughs) Who, ac- <laughs> who accused me of being anti-science. Uh, I'm not anti-science. I'm just a big fan of oxygen. <laughs> it's... It's my second favorite thing to inhale. <laughs> In fact... It's easy to list what Mars does offer by just taking everything humans need and adding no. (laughs) No air, no surface water, no heat, no natural resources, no Wi-Fi, which to millennials is worse than no air. I would say let's colonize Mars if we didn't know what was up there, but we do know what's up there. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And even if it comes to that, and we do someday need a side-piece space rock, why not the moon? Instead of going all the way to friggin' Mars, why travel tens of millions of miles when we have our own desolate, lifeless shithole only 250,000 miles away? I... I have more frequent flyer miles on Delta. It takes six months to get to Mars. And Mars and Earth are rarely aligned for travel. So missions can only happen during a two-week window every two years. If you get in trouble on Mars, you're on your own. It's like living in Puerto Rico. (laughs) But... But we can get to the moon in three days. Amazon will be delivering there. (laughs) Oh, but Bill... I know, nerds. I know. I know the argument you're going to say, but a Mars day is close in length to our Earth day, whereas a moon day can last 28 Earth days. Who gives a shit if you have to live underground or in a fucking dome the whole time? How badly would we have to rat-fuck the Earth before living like that was preferable? It's not easy to live in the Sahara or the North Pole or West Virginia. But... But it still beats Mars. It's summertime now. Don't you want to be outside? I'm going to spend as much of my July vacation as I can outside, where I can do so many of those summertime things I like that I couldn't do outside on Mars, like breathing (laughs) and throwing a Frisbee and peeing in the ocean. I love summer. Summer on Earth, ice cream. Summer on Mars, you scream. <laughs> All right, that's our show. We're off for July. I'm back on August 2nd. I'll be at the Washington Pavilion in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Wow.
now, August 18th, and at the Mirage in Vegas, September 6th and 7th, I want to thank Max Brooks, Adam Gottman, Jerry Reed, Seth MacFarlane, and Tulsi Gabbard. Stay tuned for Overtime on YouTube. Thank you. Catch all new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10, or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.